Hello, my name is Ethan Eulen. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories, the true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Tryhard. I am Ethan Hewlin, and this week I am joined by yet another very special guest and a new friend of mine. Please welcome Ford Tips of the Sport and the Screen podcast. Ford, welcome. Hey, everybody. How's it going? So, uh, listeners, I've invited Ford here to kind of share his story and uh, see um, what he, and how he uh, deals with some of the stuff that he's had going on in his life, especially recently. So, Ford, if you want to take it away, go for it. Absolutely. So um, a little bit about me. Um, <clears throat> so I, I suffer from pretty um, standard, if you can call it that, uh, generalized anxiety and panic disorder. Um, so I would say if I had to, if I had to pick, pick a time when it started, um, I would say it was October of 20. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm actually battling a cold. So um, it was October of 2016. Um, I had just gotten married a few months earlier. Um, my wife and I were traveling, you know, six hours essentially every weekend, um, to go back and do wedding planning. And, um, you know, that, that was every weekend for probably three months. So it was, you know, go to work, uh, get up, go to work, drive six hours, um, get in at, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning, get up, do wedding planning stuff from morning until, um, until night. And then the next day, um, you know, basically get up and, and do it all over again. So, um, all right, I'm all set. So it really was a huge struggle for me. Um, you know, basically traveling every single weekend, um, you know, it was obviously a huge strain on my, my wife as well. We were, you know, trying to plan a wedding. We were spending money. We were, you know, basically all the, all the standard, you know, stressors in life. So, um, you know, really the, I would say the, if it were, if, if I could, if I could pick that one time, that's probably when it started. Um, when it got really bad was a few months later in October, um, I was working an extremely stressful job. Um, and essentially I was, um, you know, under constant pressure, um, as far as where I was working, um, the people I was working for and, um, you know, the, the kind of job that I was doing. So I am, uh, I've been in sales my entire career. Um, it's an extremely stressful industry as anyone that's in sales will, will understand. Um, but that particular job, it was, you know, we had just gone through a, a round of layoffs and, you know, I, I had just gotten married, so I had a family to support. And, um, I just remember my wife being out of town and I just remember laying in bed and all of a sudden I started having pretty severe chest pains. Um, and I ended up, uh, you know, laying in bed for probably two to three hours. And I just remember the panic building and building and building and building. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was absolutely terrifying. And, um, I ended up having to go to the emergency room and, um, 
make sure that I wasn't having a heart attack. And that, that was really, that was when it, it really hit its peak. And I, I realized that I probably needed to go, um, you know, do something about this. And I think the scariest part and, and one thing that I've heard over and over again from people's um, anxiety stories is that you don't know what it is. And you just, you think that something is constantly wrong with you and that, you know, there's, you're the only one who's going through this. And, um, you know, you, you think you're dying most of the time. And, um, that's, I I think that's what makes anxiety and, and, um, panic attacks so scary is it's the feeling of isolation. It's the feeling of, um, you know, not knowing what's going on with your own body and your own brain. And, um, it, it makes for a, a pretty um, terrifying existence when you don't know um, what your body is doing to you. You feel like your your body's trying trying to sabotage you a little bit. Yeah, you really hit the the nail on the head. If with nobody not really knowing uh, what it is, I mean, I didn't know what it was for the longest time. I thought that's just you know part of who it's just part of who I am. Like this is this is just how Ethan is. But, um, so you said you, f- you finally decided to do something about it. What, um, what did you do and how well did it work? Right. So I made an appointment with my doctor, um, pretty soon after that, I would say maybe a week or two after I started doing some research, um, and just Googling my symptoms and, and wading through the, you know, the, the WebMD, um, you know, death pit <laughs> where I had, 30 or 40 different diseases. Um, once I kind of waded through that, I found, um, a, a Reddit thread, um, that was, you know, dedicated to kind of physical symptoms, um, of anxiety and of panic attacks. And I spent probably the next five to six hours just reading through everything and story after story after story of people who, um, had gone through something similar to myself. And, um, that was a huge weight off of my shoulders because every everything that that each person was was um, kind of attributing to something potentially more severe like a heart attack or like cancer or a stroke or you know anything under the sun that you, that you can think of um, you know I, you you learn very quickly that um, a lot of the physical symptoms manifest themselves the same way in, in other people. Um, and that was extremely comforting because again, you don't have that feeling of isolation that is that, am I the only one that's going through this? Do I have some horribly rare disease that, that no one else has, but you find out very quickly that it is a huge community and that, um, you know, that, that you're definitely not alone, um, in, in feeling that way and, and feeling, you know, afraid of the physical symptoms and, and kind of the, uh, the emotional stress and things like that. Yeah. That's one of the, the silver linings to this whole situation is that, you know, it's kind of the, I've heard it called the common cold of mental illnesses. Uh, that's spot on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, it is a great thing because when you're going through it, you definitely need other people who can relate to uh, what you're going through. But at the same time, it's also like there's still a lot of people who are going through it and it's not always dealt with in a very constructive way. Um, Absolutely. 
so listeners and Ford, I've said this before, but my anxiety probably stems from when I was about nine years old from when my parents were going through a divorce. Um, because like a lot of kids from divorced parents, I felt like it was my fault and Mm -hmm. I felt like there was something that I did to kind of mess things up. And every single time my parents were fighting, I was like, what did I do now? And that's just kind of how, um, that's kind of how that started to develop and eventually kind of manifested itself as a, um, as a very self-critical attitude. Like I beat myself up a lot, not as much Mm -hmm. as I used to because I've learned how to deal with it more constructively, but, um, probably during like my middle school years, that's when it was at its absolute worst when I would beat myself up over basically nothing. Sure. No, I totally understand that. And that's, you know, you and I kind of shared that child of divorce thing. Like, you know, my, fortunately I was not, you know, I was, I was about two years old when my parents got divorced, but you know, I, I didn't, I didn't have that. Um, I wasn't very aware of what was going on luckily. Um, but they did, you know, they tried to work it out for years and, um, I, I watched them kind of, you know, walk through that process. And luckily they, you know, to their credit, they, they kept me out of that. And I never really had to, um, see that side of it and see the, um, you know, the potential ugliness of that, that, that a lot of times divorce can bring out in people. Um, and, um, you know, I was very fortunate for that, but no, I can, I can relate to that because, you know, growing up and especially, um, you know, especially in a single parent household, um, you see a lot of other people and you think, you know, you see, you know, two parents as completely normal. Um, and you see kind of that, that, that picture that, um, that a lot of, you know, movies and television and, you know, commercials paint that, um, this is normal. And, that leads to, you know, that can manifest itself in a lot of different ways as far as what, uh, how you see yourself and how, you know, in your case being very self-critical, um, in my case, I, I do that a lot as well. Um, I am very critical of myself and, um, a lot of times to my own detriment, it's, it's served me fairly well in my life just because it, you know, it, it does help drive me forward. But, um, you know, I, I didn't feel I was normal for a long time. I, I didn't know what normal was. So I can definitely relate to it there. Yeah. And, you know, what is normal is, in my opinion, somewhat subjective. Because, sure. like, you have these expectations of what um, life is supposed to be like. I'm putting up air quotes. Right, right. Um but in reality like it's rare that any of those things that you see depicted actually work out the way you want and you kind of have to be able to bounce back when they don't and that's something that i've thankfully learned how to do um mostly because of the things that have happened to me and i'm that's actually a reason I'm grateful 
that I've gone through some of those things. Absolutely. Same here. Uh, no, I, I definitely would not be the person that I am today. And um, I, I think it, it makes you more compassionate as a person because um, you see you see other people and you see um, especially people who are struggling with um, any any really sort of um, mental health issues, um, whether it's PTSD, whether it's depression, anxiety, panic attacks, um, you know, the list goes on. I think it just makes you more of a, of a compassionate person and, and you know what it is like to feel that, um, your own, your own body has turned against you and your own brain has turned against you. Um, so a lot of, we, we are sort of a tight community to where, um, we are very willing to support each other. I think like when you reached out, um, you know, I, I jumped at the opportunity because um, I'm always willing to help anyone who is going through any sort of mental health struggle. Um, you know, my own personal um, issues stem from anxiety and panic attacks. But, you know, the advice still remains the same for a lot of um, mental health disorders. Uh, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of trial and error, seeing what works for you, um, which can often be a, a pretty lonely process. Um, so you, you do need a, a community there that can, uh, help walk you through, help walk you through and help, um, I think strengthen you to, uh, be able to keep moving forward and keep, keep trying new things and keep trying new methods to deal with your, with your, you know, with your issues. Hey, it's me, Eddie Room Ethan, back at you again, telling you about the Patreon. Sorry for no announcement last week, uh, but it was a bit of a heavier episode, and I didn't want to disrupt the flow of the conversation. Uh, So, that being said, uh, the True Stories of a Dryer Patreon has been live for a couple months now, and I would really like to get that up to, say, 10 patrons. 10 patrons on the Patreon. And if... If I get two 10 patrons in the month of February, every single one of them will get a special signed postcard from me. So, whether that's at the $5 level, which grants access to the Discord server, uh, whether that's the $10 level, you get end-of-episode shoutouts and unedited episodes, or at the $20 level, which grants you access to the bonus content, any and all support would be appreciated. So, thank you for listening to me. And now back to the show. Yeah, and I'm I'm very grateful that I've been able to find slash build a community around me, both online and face-to-face that's been able to help mm-hmm. me deal with that sort of thing. Do you share that experience? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, one, <clears throat> if I can recommend a, a, another podcast, um, you know, it's the uh, Ross Bolin podcast. It's B-O-L-E-N. Um, he's, he's actually a, he's, he's gotten a pretty huge following and, you know, he, he has a, it's, I, I call it more of a variety podcast, but, um, you know, he, 
really he, he opened up probably two three years ago and really um really just basically became open about his anxiety issues um and he tells his you know every few months for new listeners he tells his story of um how he overcame his his uh first panic attack and you know he it it you know he also had some addiction issues um that he was able to overcome and um you know i think his story is one where it's like again he was dealing his parents were going through a divorce um you know he had he had had a pretty sudden panic attack um and and he was able to you know do the research um and eventually just take it one day at a time and and kind of you know i i'm i'm an advocate for the for for the notion that you never really um get over your anxiety it's something that you can manage to a to a pretty significant degree um but i don't th- i don't know if it ever truly goes away um so it's I, whenever, whenever I speak to anyone who, you know, perhaps doesn't understand, um, the anxiety component of, of, you know, mental health disorders, um, they think that they can, you know, that it's, it's something like, um, like it's a virus that you can take antibiotics and it goes away. And that's not really in, at least in my experience, that's not really how it works. So I, I, I'm sure you, you know, it's a similar experience for you too. Yeah, it's definitely a similar experience. It's kind of almost a a spectrum, really, like a mm. lot of things. Um, there are days where it's all the way over here, where it's at the absolute best. I don't have to worry about anything. But on the other hand, it can be all the way over here, where I'm just in my own head all day, and I cannot get out. Right. Thankfully those days don't happen as often anymore. Um, partially because I've been able to um, find ways to keep myself, um, well, I don't know if distracted is the right word, but... Um, Just busy. Yeah, something that keeps my mind off of that and keeps me focused on doing something um, that is you know, either productive or I enjoy, or in the case of this podcast, both. Um, Because, so for for the listeners who have been listening for a while, the original vision for me to start this podcast was um, real people, real issues, real talk. And that, Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I didn't want to necessarily start out, you know, gunning for people who had you know, huge followings or celebrities, I guess you could say. Right. Because it's not normally um, those kinds of... Um, I. It's not like they don't go through that sort of thing, but I feel like there are many people who want to hear it from someone who they can relate to, and that's not always the case with someone who has um, a large following who can put on that sort of mask you could I guess you could say right yeah and it is it's it, it very much is you know you just going back to normal you know being quote unquote normal um, you know you can't it, it's it's hard to um, like you said put on the mask 
and try to be quote unquote normal. Um, and you know, you, it, it, it really is. It goes back to the, the being alone thing or feeling alone and n- not knowing that other people are going through what you're going through. And it, it takes a long time. I know in, in my experience, you know, when I first started, you know, my, I would I say my anxiety started in 2016, but it's like I think I had a conversation with my mom about it, um, and she was like, "Well, when when do you think it started?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I had to I had to think pretty hard, and I, you know, I kind of retraced the steps of my life, and knowing what I know now about my physical symptoms and kind of the constant worrying and things like that, I thought back and I was like, I've probably had this my entire life, um, just from you know, my personality growing up and, you know, I, I actually had pretty severe social anxiety as well. Um, you know, even though like I was an athlete in high school, like I, you know, I played football, I had tons of friends, but I still was extremely, um, I, I had, I had extreme social anxiety. Um, I could turn it on when I needed to. And, um, I could be that guy um, for a long time, you know, for, for fairly long periods of time throughout the day. And, and, um, but it, it, and I don't, I don't know if this is something that you suffer from, but you know, anyone who has social anxiety knows that it's, you can, you can turn it on, you can turn it on and turn it off. Um, and when you turn it off, it is, you're absolutely exhausted. It just saps every bit of your energy being, being that person that you feel like everybody wants you to be. And, um, that was something that I did for a long time. And, and, you know, I do enjoy people. I love people and I love meeting people. And, um, I I think that's, that's what has, that's what's really affected me the most about, um, you know, my, my general anxiety and and social anxiety is that, um, again, it's the, the, you're battling your brain. You, You, you're the, you're, you want to be this person. You badly want to be this person. Um, and you want to, you know, you want to be that social butterfly and you want to meet new people all the time. And, um, your brain just doesn't let you, you, you know, it, it, it does, it, it slams on the brakes and, and is like, okay, that's enough social interaction for the day. Um, you know, let's, let's cool it and go home and watch a movie. Um, so that was, that was huge for me. Um, you know, I, I, I try to, I try to battle that every day as much as I can. I put myself in uncomfortable positions. Um, you know, part of that was, um, I joined, so I joined a fraternity in college and that was anyone, you know, I, I, the people that I knew in high school, um, when I, you know, when I told them what I was doing in college and what my major was, cause I was majoring in marketing with a concentration in professional sales. And anyone who knew me in high school was like, wait, wait, uh, wait, you're in a fraternity and you're majoring in marketing and professional sales. And I was like, yeah, no weird. Right. Um, so it was, um, it was definitely out of character for me, but it was something that I felt I needed to do to kind of improve um, improve my life and, and improve, you know, my mental health really. Yeah, I agree with putting yourself in uncomfortable positions to help strengthen yourself. So I don't remember if I've told this story before or not, but I'm going to tell it either again or for the first time. So this past summer, um, my friend who I'm going to call Nick to protect his identity, Mm -hmm. uh, Nick said that he wanted to, 
You've been watching a lot of the YouTube channel Yes Theory, if you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm. So he, they did a thing where they went out and they um, they asked random people um, questions, random people that they didn't know. So what Nick took away from that was that he wanted to get our friend group out of their comfort zone. And so what we would do is once a week, we would go to the mall and we would um, ask random people questions or give random people compliments or something like that. And he made it a game. So that way, you know, we would challenge each other and uh, just grow as people together. And that's really something that kind of prepared me for you know what was to come because I'm a freshman in college right now and being exposed to so many new people at the same time and also being able to communicate with people that I don't know mm. is a very important skill that I that I learned well I refined it this past summer which kind of made me a bit more accepting of other people reaching out to me and also improving my ability to reach out to other people. For sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, be, you, you were, I will say you're very fortunate to, to be figuring all this out and, and understanding, um, at, you know, at a young age, I assume you're, if you're a freshman in college, you're probably 18, 19, somewhere around in there. Um, and I'm, I'm 29, so I didn't find this out. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't understand anxiety. I didn't even really know what it was until I was, you know, in my, my mid twenties. And so, um, you know, I think you're, you, you're definitely on the right track. You were of, of understanding your anxiety and where it comes from and, um, you know, retracing, like I said, retracing the steps of your life and, and knowing what it potentially stems from and how you can, how you can take steps to improve that. So that's huge for sure. And, and anyone else listening that, you know, is potentially, um, you know, anxiety can hit you at any age. And I, and that's one thing that I've learned throughout, um, my conversations throughout the, uh, the mental health community is that, you know, there are people who are, there are people in their teens that are, you know, and they're, you know, maybe in, late middle school or earlier late middle school all the way up to, you know, I've talked to people who didn't find this out until they were in their forties or fifties or sixties. And so, um, it can hit you at any time. And I, I think it's, it's crucial that, um, you know, we luckily, I think the stigma is not there anymore. Um, people understand anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, really mental health in general and, and are now making a, making it a priority more than ever. And, um, you know, there's obviously still a long way to go. People, a lot of people still don't understand what, what that means and, and what, what happens when you suffer from those things. Um, but I think it's crucial that, that, that everyone continues to be open about it and, and talk about it, talk to someone, um, because, you know, really explain it to them. And, and that was difficult for me because I had to explain it to my wife and, um, you know, she, uh, we, we can joke about it now. Um, because uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on the other end of it, but, um, 
you know, at the time it was like, you know, that one, that one panic attack cost me $3,000 in hospital bills. And so, you know, my wife still kind of, you know, now that we're, we're, you know, we're on the other side of it, she can kind of tease me and, um, you know, you know, make jokes about, uh, that was the most expensive panic attack of all time. But, um, it's just, it's, it's absolutely crucial to, to, to be open about it and to talk to people. If you, if you feel that that's what, if, if that's what's going on with you, if you have any sort of anxiety, depression, or, you know, if you think you're suffering from PTSD, like first off, go talk to your doctor, obviously, um, find a mental health professional to talk to, whether it's a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist and, um, start, start figuring out how to, um, kind of arm yourself in that battle because it is, it it can get very lonely and it can get very tough. But, um, the best advice that I can give is it does get better. And that's, I know that's like the cliche now, but it absolutely does get better. Um, and it does take work and it does take time and it does take effort, but it does get better. That is absolutely correct. And there's, I cannot recommend anything higher than therapy. Uh, therapy has really helped me, especially from that young age when my parents are going through the divorce. And once all the the legal stuff was finalized, the first thing that my mom did was get me to see a child psychologist because she was seeing a psychologist for the same reason. And she could see that what I was going through, I didn't know how to deal with. And it's because of my therapist that I am as good at dealing with these things as I am today. And just even having someone to talk to who's a neutral party is very essential, whether that is a professional therapist or it's just your best friend or your spouse or um, a relative or something along those lines. Just having one or multiple people that you can count on to listen and to help you with whatever you're going through is just very crucial in going through this process because the more you keep to yourself, the more problems you will have in dealing with it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. All right, Ford. So as we approach uh, time, can you tell the lovely listeners where we can find you on the internet? Absolutely. So, um, once again, name of the podcast is the sport and screen podcast. Um, we are on Twitter at S and S pod. That's S A N D S P O D. Um, we are also on Apple podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher. And I believe we just got on, um, Google play or Google podcasts or whatever it's called now. (laughs) I still need to do that. I'm on a bunch of other places, but I also need to do that. Uh, so, uh, listeners, you can find me personally on um, Instagram at ethan.t.hewlin. You can find me on Twitter at etphonehome, the O's are zeros and the E's are threes. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at True Stories Pod. And just to, um, to kind of sign this whole thing off, for do you have any words of encouragement for uh, any of the, the tryhards who are listening right now? Definitely. If I can distill it down to one big point is um, you are not alone. 
you are not at your, there is a giant community out there. Um, you know, we're getting easier and easier to find. Um, I, I can say when I first started experiencing my symptoms, um, it was still kind of in the infancy of the mental health movement. Um, now it's everywhere. Um, and, and the other big takeaway is talk to someone, um, whether it's your doctor, I'm going to recommend to see your doctor. Um, that that's what I did. And that helped me get, get on the right track very quickly, um, because I was able to get in and see a therapist quickly. Um, but just talk to anyone, whether it's your parents, your siblings, your cousin, your, your friends, um, make people aware of this because, um, you know, the more people who are aware of anyone who's going through, um, any sort of mental health struggles, um, the better. I can't, I can't recommend that highly enough. Just talk to someone. All right, Ford, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin and Ford Tips signing off. Mm-hmm.